0: Welcome to another episode of Fangirls. I'm Brody. I'm Sarah.
1: I'm Amy. And our very special friend Brody got to do something that I don't think we ever thought was ever going to happen. And she now has a new best friend.
0: Uh, guys, I've got a new best friend. Um, you might have heard of him mentioned on previous shows or in my diary or... Um, on the wallpaper of my phone. No. Um, <laughs> yesterday I had a quick little phone call with our friend Dustin Martin. Dustin? Dustin. You might have you, you you heard of him. <laughs> you might know him
2: as Dusty, but I know him as Dustin. Dustin. Which is how
0: I greeted him when uh, we got connected on the phone for a 15-minute interview okay. I stretched it to 17 and then got cut off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we got to witness uh, the pre-interview spiral.
0: There was about 48 hours beforehand yeah. how, I had noticed
2: How did you prep yourself to talk to
1: Dustin?
0: Well, okay, so Monday I found out that I was going to have 15 minutes on the phone with Dustin on 15
1: Wednesday. 15 minutes in heaven.
0: And then I just kind of couldn't stop smiling and just laughing just out loud <laughs> while I was at work mm. for all of Monday. I had a really big deadline as well because people, like listeners to the show who might not know, who don't know us in our non-podcast lives, mm. um, when I'm not saying silly stuff <laughs> for this show, I'm writing silly stuff as a job. Um, and I had a big deadline on Monday and I was like, in At work early, I was like, I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to get this deadline out. And then they're like, hey, do you want to talk to Dusty in two days' time? And I was like...
1: Oh, <laughs> oh boy, do I. <laughs> forget
0: everything else I had to do today. Um, and I texted everyone. Usually I, d- I don't like to tell people that I'm doing interviews before I do them because, you know, Sarah, as you know, as an editor of, you know, a magazine, interviews fall out at the drop of a hat, people... Yes. Don't show up at the right time. Or and
2: not to name drop, but I'm going to name drop, but I, and nah, I won't say who it was. Drop the name. Okay. Drop it. So I got an interview with Courtney Love a couple of years ago. <sighs> she was at the height of her un, kind of unwell stage. She just released uh-huh. Nobody's Daughter as a whole album. Oh, God. And. I was so excited, such a hero of mine, and I told everyone, posted mm-hmm. it everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. what was everywhere that long ago? Maybe just Facebook. MySpace. I don't know, maybe MySpace. <laughs> and uh, and then it got cancelled, and it got cancelled, and it got ca- it got cancelled yeah. 12 times. It eventually happened, but I was so embarrassed about having told the whole yeah. world I was going to interview her. Yeah. And I know the shame, the shame. Yeah.
0: And you never want to explain those boring logistical emails to people ever
2: but how did the Courtney interview go oh it's been cancelled seven times now
0: oh we're in different time zones and we could the skype wasn't working yes so um yeah i had a few things to rearrange on wednesday and i was like i'll rearrange literally anything for this um and you know we've as passionate fans we've consumed (laughs) pretty much every bit of dustin martin content that you can yes
2: and there isn't much because there's not a whole lot he's he's not not a a big talker of of Mm.
0: talking or talking also isn't his strong suit so i knew that there was a challenge ahead of me (laughs) um but i think i i think i got through to him which is very exciting to to have you know to have listened to and watched so many conversations with him where he gave the same answers. Like I'd know his same answers. We're very familiar with the things that he says that are kind of his safe fallbacks, um, in interviews. And so when I knew I got stuff that he'd never said before, Oh, my little heart just kept flipping over.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What was the stuff that he, that you think he was interested in answering?
0: Um, well, I kind of, I went into it in a Like with an approach that I kind of don't normally have when I'm interviewing people. Um, I'm not usually as bold as I was with this. Um, and I kind of just was asking him really direct questions about his emotions oh. because I also knew he was doing a full day of press and so I knew that there was going to be a lot of what do you think of the Andrew Gaff incident? What do you think of this? How was your trip to Vegas with Swanee at the end of last year? Like mm, I, yeah. I know the stuff that people are going to – resort to to get the headlines to get the headlines or to just like with the few things they know of him or whatever Sure. so I went for do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert and asked what, him what's the answer can you tell us the answer he said Is he's it? an introvert he knew described it. how he I mean we knew it <laughs> <laughs> just needed him to say it Yep. you know he talked about how that's why he lives alone because he really likes to you know he seeks out that um private space in his life Um, He talked about being a country boy and the the noise of the city, just, you know, needing to escape sometimes. But then I also asked him about, you know, being probably the most famous sportsman in Australia and, um, you know, the idea that when you're that famous, it's something I've always wondered, when you're that famous, how do you approach new people in your life? How do you trust people? Like, how do you know that someone's got good intentions when they're meeting you or if they Mm -hmm. just want something from you? And he really responded to that which yeah. was he kind of perked up and he said, yeah, that's a really good question. I've thought about it a lot. And I was like, oh, oh, that's not how you. connect connected that, with that's, him. That's not how Dusty answers questions it's, it's usually. Not, the ca- The character Dusty that people think they know is kind of like, he says, like, yeah, uh, yeah, like he doesn't say a whole lot. No, of... and he
2: has those kind of lines that a lot of footballers do yeah. where you just reel them out about the club and the boys and getting the job done and winning the next game.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, we talked about Conrad Marshall's book um, ah. because, you know, Conrad Marshall who wrote a book from his two years spent inside Richmond that came out at the end of 2017, which had a much better ending than the end of 2016 book would have had <laughs> – um, the final uh, chapter before it gets to the grand final is called The Lion and it's all about Dusty and he didn't agree to do an interview for the book and so it's all people from the club talking about him and their impressions of him and how they got to know him and those impressions changed. And so I got a lot of kind of – I reread that right before the interview to kind of refresh my memory of how the people who really do know him best talk about him. Oh, Brody, I'm very proud of you. I was so – Excited! (laughs) Uh, I think
1: it was the most exciting day in our lives as well when we got the text from Brody and we were all
0: like, oh my God, what? I really liked coming back to our group chat after the interview finished and you guys had all been saying, I can't believe it's happening right now, (laughs) I wonder what they're talking about and I was like... I've arrived. It was like it was kind of like if you if I lived with housemates who were my friends and I'd just been on a really exciting date yes. and you come home and you're like I've got to tell you the story.
2: You know, I felt like we'd all popped the like the next bottle of wine or we're just sitting there waiting <laughs> yeah. without. Hello. I, I, I walked in the door and yeah, I was like, yeah. ladies, I've
1: got a story. I'm Diane Keaton.
0: <laughs> so as we're recording this, I. I'm going to be transcribing and writing up the interview tomorrow, so it hasn't actually happened yet. But by the time you listen to this, I think it will have run. So if it has, maybe we can put the link on the show notes or the socials or something. They'll will. I mean, yeah, great. I'll be fucking plugging it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and those. Uh...
0: You won't be able to get away from it, tbh. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> so I'm sure, there's uh, some very nice photos. Oh yes, the story's the... <laughs> going
0: to be accompanying some oh. of the. Best photos I've ever seen, Dustin. I, mean,
1: uh, I don't know what the highest him. award is for photography, but I'm sure that these deserve it.
2: Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think we can all agree too that it was uh, perhaps an Eminem eight-mile-themed photo shoot. Do you get the
0: mm. vibe? Yeah. Industrial? It's very um It's very like direct you know we've talked about his dead shark eyes before they were a little <laughs> more alive they've yeah. been more alive recently um in this shoot but it was intense stares and intense stares. a lot of i just think he looks a bit
2: eminem like as well at times yeah he does yeah
1: well he loves the movie he so. loves the movie does he
0: yes oh there you go he loves hip-hop biopic straight out of compton's his favorite movie oh. <laughs> it's in the chapter of the book <laughs> <laughs>
2: So other than talking to Dustin, which is a very exciting part of our week, another exciting thing is our conversation with Kate O'Halloran. She's sports editor at The Guardian. She's also a regular on Breakfasters on Triple R, when the AFLW season's on and kind of when there's some drama happening. And uh, she, we had a great chat with her.
0: Yeah, we really wanted to go into the details of what's been going on with the AFLW in the last couple of weeks. And we knew that Kate was like the person with all of the info. Um, and yeah, we had a great chat about AFLW,
1: AFLX, all the acronyms. Sorry, I get a bit cross, but
0: <laughs> I don't think you sound particularly <laughs> cross. I don't. I'm
1: just cross. Also, there cross is about there are, there
0: are things to legitimately be annoyed and mad about yeah. you know, in yeah. the situation with AFLW at the moment. I think. Thanks, sound,
2: guys. I think you sound passionate, and it's a, it's good to feel passionate about these things.
0: Also, our first of many doggies. Guess.
2: Yes, I say many. Oh. We haven't
0: organised any others, but we know a lot of doggies. We do know a lot of doggies We're going to bring them out of the kennel and invite <laughs> them into and the into big the house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm very pleased to say we're joined now by the Guardian sports editor and writer and Triple R AFLW expert Kate O'Halloran. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you here. I'm
3: very excited.
2: Uh, It's been a huge week in men's and women's footy. There is so much to talk about, but we Mm. like to start uh, young with our guests and find out. How That's creepy. Weird. Is that weird? <laughs> young. We should probably edit we that start. out. Oh, yeah, not in um, that way. We
0: want to start at your birth, is what Sarah said. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, it's a long, it's a long process to be a footy fan. No,
2: we like to go back to when you're a kid. Find out who you barraged for. Mm. I know, I already know who you support, but go and tell everyone.
3: Well, of course, lifelong bulldog, Western Bulldogs,
2: lifelong bulldog. How did you become a bulldog supporter?
3: Uh, Definitely a family inheritance. Mm. Uh, My grandparents are mad bulldogs and born in or around Footscray and, and set up a house there, built their own home in Footscray, had a couple of shoe shops on Barclay Street called O'Halloran's.
1: Oh, <laughs> I love that. This, yeah.
3: this is, the that's the classic Footscray story. It is, isn't yeah. it? It's a brilliant story. I actually interviewed Bob Murphy the other day and I told him that story and he goes, oh, that is dinky-dye bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he would have loved that. That yeah. is true blue Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is, it is. How was um, twenty sixteen for your family?
3: Oh yeah, pretty incredible. I think yeah, long time coming is the obvious thing to say, but you know, particularly very special for my grandparents. I uh, in the article I did on Bob actually I talked about my grandpa um because he passed away before the Richmond premiership, so I said, you know, I figure he went out on a high. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh no, I mean it was yeah, very emotional for him. Like it was the first time I'd ever seen him cry and really? you know Yeah, like literally first time ever so and just and it was very much like you know a sort of subtle cry like you know after a the proud sirens, cry dabbing away at tears with, with his scarf with, with a handkerchief of course, <laughs> oh, even better yeah it was pretty beautiful did, so did they feel sad for bob not being able to play oh yeah i think that was the real like there was always a twinge of you know mm. sadness and anguish around that but you know when he got called onto the podium you know I like oh. I mean we all <laughs> cried. Everyone
1: just I think at that moment had like you know a bit of a chill down the spine and then oh. little tear into the beer kind of thing. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. very beautiful.
3: But even like yeah I have to say like I was sort of like oh my god like what would it feel like to win a premiership just because it was you know such a distant dream yeah. and I yeah. thought you know would I be really emotional but I was just I was in shock like I couldn't I, I could not cry like I just I sort of I found myself being really self reflexive, like, am I going to cry? Why am I not emotional?
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> Analyzing everything. Yeah, yeah being really analytical. You've
0: done too much that. therapy, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> not to turn this around onto Richmond Talk so soon into oh, an episode geez. about the Bulldogs, but Bob the finale of Bob's show aired, on, aired this week where he talked to Richo and Richo had a similar story where he, you know, it was like a few days after the Richmond grand final and he was just sitting down at a pub or something and just started sobbing yeah, out of nowhere, oh. but it took him a few days for the shock to wear off.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think the first time I cried about it was when I actually watched the documentary that came out, not The Ride. I think it was the sequel to that. It was, yeah, about the premiership mm-hmm. and... Yeah, I think sort of. Then I could take it all in—the story mm. of it. But well,
1: because it feels like a bit of a dream, yeah. As it's happening, and then like the next day, you're still a bit like, well, "What actually just happened?" Then <laughs> yeah. the thing that I thought I would never, ever, ever see in my whole yeah. life happened.
2: Yeah. Did you it's... have? Have you found it hard to to fix that with your identity? I know we discussed this. Amy and I discussed mm. this a little bit. Uh, after the Tigers one, I don't think I've talked to you about it, Brady, but I felt like my whole identity was based on this idea of Tigers being underdogs, underdogs or, yeah. and, and kind of perpetual losers. And yeah. I know as, that was who I was. It was <laughs> a perpetual, <laughs> perpetual loser. loser. Yeah. We're all perpet- but did you find it hard to kind of find a new footy identity after the win?
3: Yeah, a little bit. I actually, yeah, I spoke to Bob, you know, my best mate. Um,
0: (laughs) Your (laughs) voice changed as you said his name. I was conscious that I was going to (laughs) name drop again. Um,
3: But, yeah, yeah, we chatted about it because I was like, you know, he writes in the book that, you know, the Bulldogs were like astronauts who basically landed on the moon, you know. It wasn't like we just won. And, and, and he says, I really hate, like, premiership hangover. I, I feel like it's much more appropriate to talk about it as, like, a rebuilding of the club's identity. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's... that's like a 100-year-old sort of battler, working class, backs to the wall, blue collar, you know, like all those yeah. tropes <laughs> had to come undone for us to win. But in a way just winning the one was like yeah it was this sort of um sporting miracle or you know incredible story but then for us to drop off and then not be successful again after that almost falls back into that trope of like well we did this impossible thing and wasn't that incredible but how do you then rebuild a club to actually become you know it's to sustain success mm-hmm. how do you, how do you feel about the bulldog situation right
2: now because mm. it kind of it feels like it's ringing a bit of that early 2000s Trouble in the Kennel narrative again.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I got a bit of a sense of that too. Um, It's hard to get a read on it, obviously, externally. I mean, he, he was very adamant that it was this sort of real collective, like, wow, what? what is our identity even now you know how how do we become like a hawthorn you know they just Mm. how do you win and then just get yourself up and that's what you expect Mm. and that's the standard and yeah because there was so much romance there was so much story around the bulldogs Mm. in that year so then if it was such an incredible yeah sort of um I don't know like a, a, a fiction then how do you get back up from there like you can't sort of recreate that narrative again because there's Mm. not that drought anymore there's not that that incredible prize waiting (laughs)
0: yeah but because that that success was so recent you also can't go back to being the scrappy underdogs because even if you're not on top again so soon after there's still it's still the kind of remnants of that success are still there yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just not that, well, wouldn't that
3: be the most incredible story in football? Aren't mm-hmm. they, you know, this poor club that hasn't won for so long and everyone's second favourite team or whatever, you know, whatever they yeah. want to say. Yeah, we can't We can't sort of buy into either of those tropes at the moment. But I don't know. I mean, I suspect there must be something else going on as well, but I, I don't have any insight into it, sadly.
0: I'm curious to know because you, obviously you go into something like sports journalism i I imagine you'd have such a love of sports to pursue that as a career, but when it does become your job, how does your relationship to sport change when it's not just a passion anymore?
3: That's interesting I don't know that it changed heaps for me because I feel like i like my response to like my initial instinct is to say oh well now i can't like i see it much more politically or you know i'm always thinking about what does that mean for the you know the game or what, what does that mean in terms of violence against women or you know but these yeah. are things that i always thought about with sport i just mm-hmm. um, have always had a political lens on sport i suppose just because that's who i am and um I also I I actually used to play cricket for Victoria when I was younger when I was a teenager. Did not know that. Yeah, I didn't oh. think that we had discussed that. Oh. So
1: <laughs>
3: So I've also got this background of myself having been a woman playing uh you know the high you know not highest but cuz it wasn't for Australia but you know playing a high level um sport as a woman and and all the barriers that we faced and the inequity and you know so The political side of sport is something I've always thought about, always struggled with when it's men's sport like AFL. And now, yeah, I write about things like violence against women, but they were always the things that tugged at me, like, you know, this deep internal conflict, like I just so badly wanted to love the game and think about it non, you know, apolitically even. And, And sometimes I think it's sometimes harder now to kind of get that escapism from sport, like Yes, on yes, it was rare that I could do that anyway beforehand, but now I find it even harder, I suppose. Mm. You you do write some pretty
2: provocative stories in the landscape of AFL media, which can be quite conservative. Yeah. Do you feel like you're on the outer?
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. mean- Simple answer. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. You mean from the AFL itself or- I, I suppose
2: from even AFL Media? Mm. You know, do you, is there kind of rings? It's- they don't they don't
0: historically love anyone who questions or challenges, challenges their the kind of MO.
3: group thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have to say <laughs> I kind of I went um, earlier this week to the AFLW press conference and uh, I sort of was thinking, oh, you know, do I have to actually go in person? Like, can I just get kind of like an audio recording? (laughs) Because when I go, I feel like a bit of the, like, loser in school. Like, (laughs) like, like, I'm sort of like, well, here I am from The Guardian and, like, you know, there'll be five Herald Sun journalists and they're all best buddies with the, you know, the crew from Fox Sports and then there's me and I don't have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) like I've opened up a wound
2: here.
0: Oh, God, I wish someone from the Saturday paper was here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, natural ally. Yeah. But, he, you know, even with the AFL uh, PR people or, you know, whoever it is, I always feel really awkward because they're always like, oh, you're that, are you Kato Hellerin from the guy? Are <laughs> you <laughs> that <laughs> troublemaker? Are yeah. like, thorn in our side? Are you that one we've got a file on yeah. that says, to not let this woman into the building?
2: <laughs> but do, you, I mean, do you ever get nervous? Because I always think, you know, I love footy, but I think it's great to be constructive about footy and I have the same issues, you know, socially growing up with men's footy uh, and it's a constant kind of conflict inside of me. Mm -hmm. But if I was you, I'd be quite nervous to write those articles articles because I kind of want people to like me i want I'd, if i was you i'd want the guys the afl to like me i'd yeah. want Gil to be my friend but also i'd want to challenge him
3: yeah yeah no i do feel like that um i actually i've told this story before so i'm sure it's all right to share again but um when i wrote an article about beck goddard um losing her job at adelaide or not not losing it but you know not being offered the the role that she wanted uh I got a call from uh, the Adelaide Crows, like, just the next day and I was at my other job, like, not my journalism job and it was just, like, private number and then i pick it up. It's like, hi, it's blah, blah, blah from the Adelaide Football Club and I was like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. And it it was really, like, yeah, they were kind of like, you know, do you realise how embarrassing this is for us and for you and... You know, now now we've got a for you. Yeah, for you, for you. Um, Why were they insinuating you? you got something wrong? Or? uh yeah, well, yes, and that uh, you know now their executive would kind of have to front up and answer all these questions <laughs> on various boards about being a gender equitable organisation. What a shame. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs>
0: What a shame that that would ever have to happen in a
3: male-dominated environment. Jeez. It was kind of funny because at the time I was, like, pretty scared, but then, like, you know, reflecting back on it, I was like, that's
0: awesome yeah <laughs> it's so rare that as a writer or a journalist that you get to see like oh I think I did has like a direct effect in yeah. like a positive way yeah.
3: yeah yeah even just knowing that it had kind of you know crept into the psyche of the club was sort of like okay that yeah that's pretty cool okay it had an effect but yeah like it, it is you do kind of think oh god you know what a what do people think of me yeah. and you know, do they think I'm really unrelenting or negative or, you know, a lot of people do say that to me, like, oh, you always go so hard at the AFL, you know, like as if it's too hard, you know, and then I'm kind of like, but everyone else goes so soft or like they're non-existent in their critique. And, or I look at someone like Caro who, who is really strong
2: mm-hmm. and, and she's copped a lot of criticism from that, from the public and, and within the AFL
3: uh, but I, I love when she goes hard on the story. <laughs>
0: She's got armour. Like, yeah. you, know, you need it. You need it in that environment.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, you know, growing up I saw the way she was treated too and I suppose, you know, it's only really hit home recently, like, you know, the gendered nature of that particularly. But, yeah, you you know, no one, you know, I still get affected by the things people say on social media to me. I, I have to say that's probably the much... Uh, well, the channel where I get the most abuse would be through social media. that mm. That's probably what I worry about more than I do sort of what does Gil McLaughlin think of me. Um, yeah.
1: Well, because it's so Im- immediate and you, people are always on their phones, so as if you're not going to yeah. constantly see that.
3: Yeah, And, you know, and and sometimes they'll close comments on my articles because they know that it's likely to garner abuse. And then, but particularly when they are closed, then people will just come to my private social media and take up the conversation with me there. Yeah, that's so I remember
0: years ago, um, is it Tegan Higginbotham who writes about AFL as well? I I hadn't ever, I'd never heard of her, but I saw her doing stand-up comedy at a show years ago and i have never forgotten the way she introduced that part of her career because she was kind of like when i'm not doing stand up comedy i like to write about afl which is um just a free pass for people to call me a dumb bitch on the internet oh and i it's i've never been able to forget it because it's just it's it's never not gendered when it's a oh. woman with an opinion about sports. Oh yeah. Never. I was
2: actually tagged in one of your posts in you? one of cuz you tweeted one of your most recent articles and it had the breakfasters uh, which is my other job yeah. tagged in it and so I actually got notified notified every time you got abuse from someone <laughs> oh, wow. on that particular article and that was i it's i obviously so eye-opening. yeah it was eye opening. I obviously knew that you would get that kind of abuse but i hadn't thought thought it through and I just thought far out I need to I need to give Kate a hug the next time Aww. I see her because yeah, this is some so this is some full-on crap
3: that you get thrown at you wow yeah no, that's really telling because that was actually probably one of the more positive ones <laughs> 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 I was like wow oh. I don't remember much
0: abuse from that one but uh, I do from others <laughs> yeah horrible that's a that's a good one yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, So it's a horrible segue, but speaking of like, you know, <laughs> the kind of like gender imbalance in uh, the AFL, there's been a lot going on. This like this episode's not going to go up for another week, but I don't imagine this is going to be resolved hmm. in the next couple of days. It'll well, still be. God timely no! Because I
1: don't want to resolve it. Do they?
0: So what's the issue? I'm cross. <laughs> what's the thing we're already ranting about without explaining it? Right. can you kind of give us an explainer of what's happening with the AFLW at the moment? Yes. So in
3: season 2019, we're going to have a couple new teams, Geelong and North Melbourne, which will take uh, the total to 10 teams. And I suppose everyone had assumed that perhaps the season would be lengthened uh, on account of those teams. But what we're hearing is that the AFL probably prefers to keep it to only eight weeks, which would mean a six-week regular season followed by two weeks of finals. So just the eight weeks all up, despite the expansion.
0: Despite the fact that there are more teams who would need to, you would think logically would need to each play each other <laughs> at least once to figure out who makes mm-hmm. the finals. You would assume, yeah. I'm yeah. not a
1: genius, but... <laughs> math is not my strong suit. I but. get very anxious around numbers, but I would have assumed that we'd have a longer season because when has anyone ever gotten better at something by doing it less? Yeah. <laughs> There's a very good logic.
3: And also, I mean, the AFL season, obviously, teams play each other more than once and, you know, people have often said, well, wouldn't the ideal fixture be you all just play each other once? Mm. Um And, you know, that just seems to make complete logical sense. But I think, I mean, I was at the press conference where Nicole Livingston was kind of uh, at least defending the AFL's thinking on this. And And she works for the AFL, is that right? Yes. 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 So um, AFLW CEO saying, you know, look, we just want to protect clean air was the, the phrase she kept using for the AFLW season and... It was, it was actually a real insight for me into the AFL's thinking because, you know, someone asked, which was a totally fair question, why not just back the game to rate even if it does overlap with tennis or cricket or even some of the men's season, you know? And she immediately went into this response about men's sport versus women's sport and it was oh, but, you know, don't you know that, oh, I'd love to say that women's sport could compete with men's sport, but we all know that that's not true. And, you know, didn't you see the ratings of the Big Bash men's final versus AFLW season two? You know, that was 1.8 million. We didn't rate anywhere near it that much. And, yeah, to me... Do you think there's validity in that? Well, I just don't think it needs to be framed like that. I don't think... You know, why have we always got this attitude Mm. of like, oh, well, if we support the women's competition, then we're necessarily taking something away from the men's competition. You know, because she was sort of – then she used the example of AFLM as well and was like, but it's such a popular competition and, you know, why we can't expect women to go up against that and, you know, and then when – you know, what if they're scheduled at the same time? And it was sort of like, you know, I think people will figure it out. And I don't Mm. think – you know, just because – you're drawing viewers or crowds to the women's game. It doesn't mean you're taking away from the men's game. No, I mean, no. and it could be quite the opposite. You, you, when mm. when the
2: season starts, and I've discussed this with you before, Kate, mm. I want as much football as I can get. I can't percent So if I could possibly go and see my team play, mm. my men's team play, and my women's team play in the same weekend, I would. That's oh, why mm. I go and see the VFL as well. When yeah. I can, you know, well, yeah. I'm
1: anxious about this year ending, and there's going to be no more football soon. Like, just yeah. Give us more football. <laughs> <laughs> There's no problem. <laughs> so when that. you're
0: talking about clean air, this mm. is a lot of this conversation that they're having is about broadcast rights, is that right?
3: Yeah, I think yes and no, in the sense that what's happened with the first couple of seasons is effectively I think what the AFL did was offer up the women's game almost like a package deal with the men's game. So they've sold it to, you know, Seven and Fox or whoever and gone, you know, and also bonus you get AFLW. And but it's sort of this, you know, tangle because they keep saying, well, we need to, you know, oh, but it's not making any broadcast money. So, you know, we're, it's not making us a profit. We're losing all this money on it. Oh, and we, you know, we're not making any money from the gates, even though it was their decision not to charge for tickets. Yeah. So it's like they are in a position to sell this product. I mean, mm. the ratings in season one were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were outrating the men's
0: games in, in some cases and – I and think, the attendance at games we saw, like thousands of people not being able to get in to see a game in person.
3: Yeah, even even season two, some people talk about it like it was this spectacular flop comparative to season one. And yet, you know, we broke the all-time domestic record for a women's sporting match, you know, in Australia with yeah. the 52 or whatever. Or Over what was it? Perth. Yeah, the Perth game. Don't quote me on the exact figure. But anyway, you know, the point is, you know, um, this is a product that is uh, an attractive commodity and Mm. it can be sold by the AFL if they wish to do that.
0: And it will only become more valuable the more that's
3: invested into it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem with this year as well was. You know, by nature of having, I suppose, no competitive process with the broadcasting, then Channel 7 were able to say, all right, we'll keep it on 7, mate, or we'll show a few games, Foxtel can have the rest. And yet, I think the problem with that is when it's only on pay TV, you know, people who are already converted sport fans might have a sports package on pay TV, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have pay TV in Australia anyway. So if we're wanting to appeal to non-traditional football audiences, if we're wanting to cast the net wider with women's football, which it has been successful in doing, then it needs to be on free-to-air television. It needs that exposure. But yeah. Daisy
2: Pearce came out and suggested uh, a season. She's been really outspoken about this, which I think was quite a line in the sand, given that up until now she's been really, uh, I guess, t- kind of the spokesperson for the AFL mm. as, as well as AFLW. Uh, do you uh, did you like the kind of season that she she set out that the way that she lo- would like to see it? I think it's nine mm. uh, nine weeks was the suggestion. I yeah, remember. I
3: think she was suggesting starting it earlier. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I actually to get to the first part of that. Absolutely, I think I was actually surprised to see her be so strong on it because, mm. as you say, you know, she she's sort of in the inner sanctum in terms of traditional footy media, in terms of the AFL. Uh, you know, this sort of yeah spokeswoman in a sense who's who's been there to to also protect the brand and and the AFL uh, marketing, but. Um, yeah, she was very strong on this, which was uh, impressive and good to see. And, yeah, I mean, the only problem with starting it earlier, I suppose, is the conditions in the sense that, you know, it is summer. It's extremely hot to be playing football. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, I think you can get around it with smart fixturing. I think you can have twilight games. I think you can have evening games. I think I, I am certain that women's football fans and players, administrators, you know perhaps with the exception of the afl would much prefer that than having a, sh- a truncated season i think it, it, it seems to maintain the integrity of the competition to have mm. at least each team playing each other once i think i think that's an absolute necessity
0: there's absolutely no way to send the message that these teams are as valued and that their competition mm. is you know deserves like kind of like a a clear and transparent kind of ranking mm. to not have them playing each other once because then you're making these weird kind of like value judgments on yeah. which team was better yeah. than another if they've never actually played one another. Well, and
3: compromises and integrity too. I mean you can talk about AFLM fixture being compromised but, you know, I mean that seems ludicrous if you can sort of draw half the pool and perhaps you only draw finalists from last year or whatever it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I spoke to Susan Alberti earlier in the week too, and she was really strong on this. and And her key point was, you know, look, I've always been a realist as far as profit goes, as far as far as finances go, and you know, I understand that eventually it needs to make a profit, but unless you invest mm. in it first, it's yeah. not going to do that. And investment can't just be a financial bottom line. I mean there's so many more bottom lines. This is actually about respect for women. This is actually about how much we value the women's mm. game and what message that sends to the girls who've now come into the world thinking that this is an option for them, that it's, it's a um, professional career that they can one day aspire to. And if we're selling the message that, well, actually your competition's only a third as important and you know, we'll give you this clean air, but actually, oh, we also want to put AFLX in there. So, you know, maybe you can not have the Friday night fixture on those weekends as well. You know, like what message are we mm. sending?
0: It's also really, it's, it seems really short sighted as well because next year, I know, like, I'm really dying to, or the year after next, I'm yeah. dying to have a Richmond mm. women's AFLW yeah. team mm. to Barrick for because right now I'm a doggy, I'm an AFLW <laughs> doggy supporter. <laughs> um, but it's like there are going to be even this issue is not going to be resolved by adding more teams into the mix.
3: Well, yeah, it's a very short-sighted solution and I think, unfortunately, I think the AFL keep throwing in that they, they prefer this conference system idea, which would be, you know, effectively probably splitting the competition in half once those teams come in and then they play each other in their own pool and then the winner of that pool would come together to play the winner of the other pool for the grand final, which... Yeah, no. It no.
2: seems a bit amateur, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, amateur. Yeah. Yeah. I like,
2: yeah. did not
0: think of this earlier. No. It's like when I was on softball team B at school <laughs> and they were like, all right, you've beat all the other bad teams. Now we're going to chuck you in the finals with softball team A. <laughs> we that's going to work. It was very bad for what, me. What was
2: go wrong. And how serious do you think AFL-X is? We saw this kind of... Test drive of it last year, which was quite it's horrifying. Stupid. Wait, can we?
0: I feel like I, I feel like I maybe forty percent understood AFLX as it was happening, I, and it's been a little while now, and I've completely forgotten what it was.
1: It felt like a really bad joke from the AFL.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a like an aniv- like a tenth anniversary of something, <laughs> and you have to pretend you're like cool with the acronym or something. Yeah, no, it was worse than that. It was it was it was just, it was just so it was like this horrible
3: American. Recognisation of foot, like remember they had super goals
2: yes. and like. Yeah.
1: Uh. What?
2: <laughs> so what I think it was was he trying to create the equivalent of the big bash, but for footy. Yeah. yeah, got it. So where you had this kind of hyped up game that could be played. And big played. bash is
0: like when it's not the ashes, <laughs> it's like another cricket thing.
2: Big bash is shorter version of a one dayer, so got it's it. less overs, and you have these super hits where you get more points if you hit it really big, and there's lots of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> like, All the former touring cricketer in the, the room time. is very <laughs> entertaining. Are they, they discussion. Me, They're trying to make cricket me. like yes. a
0: like a concert or yeah. something? <laughs> <laughs> and-
2: and right, and there's, like, fireworks. That's what I've gathered. Come to Marvel <laughs> Stadium for the yeah. Super Goal. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: That's pretty close. That'll do. Have I got been... that wrong? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Uh, but the, Well, the other thing about AFLX is it's played on a soccer pitch. So uh,
0: Jesus. It's, oh, it. that's right. I forgot <laughs> so, that. So, and the ball is a netball. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Basically.
3: Oh, but, shit. But, but, <laughs> But I think the idea is they wanted to sell it internationally, so it's all about what do we do, trying to sell this you know strange looking game on a very right. strange looking field with a strange looking ball. How do we how do we do it? And yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a netball in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I look, I well, I think I how serious do I think AFLX is? I think it's a complete joke. But I think the AFL is actually quite serious about it. Be- yeah. Right. Okay. Well, because uh, they. Yeah, because I keep coming back to this, well, why are they so interested in this, you know, clean air for AFL? You know, and yeah. if you listen to Gil when he made that ridiculous comment about, you know, well, the World Cup's only four weeks, so, you know, oh. why, why is everyone complaining? Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, it also no. happens every four years. That,
3: like <laughs> With like an 18-month qualifying build-up yeah. and like bazillion viewers. Anyway, uh, um What was my point? (laughs) Um,
0: Listening to him compare it to that and clean air. Thank you. Taking it seriously.
3: Yes, and he said... Uh, you know, AFLW, don't worry about AFLW, it's our top priority. Or, I mean, at least our equal top priority amongst a couple of others. And I sort of <sighs> thought, well, what on earth? I mean, probably changing all the rules seems to be mm. one of them at the moment. You're just yeah. going
0: alphabetically, W-X. X. Yeah. Next year it'll be AFLY. <laughs> <laughs> y afl AFL literally Y. <laughs> yi
1: I don't understand that logic because... A lot of the play, like AFLM players, have been calling for shorter seasons. So we've exactly. already got like a preseason, a really long, like normal season, yep. and then AFLX. So it's like <laughs> these guys are calling for less games. Yep. AFLW is calling for more games. Mm-hmm. Surely like there's, there's a logical... some space yeah. there. You make Again, a very good point, Amy. I'm not yeah. a genius. Well, so.
3: <laughs> but, you know, if I, yeah, I feel like if I'd said that, you know, the Twitter <laughs> would have gone into meltdown. Yeah. But, um, but a few people have said that. I mean, our regular Monday columnist who, uh, for The Guardian who doesn't really have any particular interest in AFLW, that was the first thing he said. He was like, oh, well, you know, all the men's players have been calling out for a much shorter season. Why not just shorten that and get them to play 17 games they play each other once and then, you know, AFLW can play each other once and why don't you get rid of preseason and make that AFLX if that's what they want.
1: And Gil, if you're listening, give us a call.
3: Hi, Gil, if you're listening.
0: We've done a round table of women.
3: Yeah, the people you didn't consult with.
0: It's like that Um, that that from years ago, remember when Mitt Romney said, like, I've got binders full of women. We've just got a studio full of them. And they've got opinions.
3: <laughs> oh, killing me. There's whole footy teams of them. 75% more footy teams of them. Uh, as someone that Enjoys football of
2: all kinds. Do you watch AFLW at the moment and think, "Oh, it could look a bit better. We do need to change the rules." <laughs> have you ever thought that? No, no, good. <laughs> you no, know, that's what I was wondering because I don't think that either. And and then no. I thought, where where does this feedback come? I've come from. Well, Is there? A-
1: it's because they're trying to compare a sport where people have had so many more years mm. of like honing their craft, yeah. and Being these women have as had
0: professionals as well.
1: Exactly, well, that's- and
3: had the opportunity to yeah. hone
1: their craft. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's mind-boggling to me how that connection hasn't been made by anyone in, like, those higher levels of the AFL. But
2: mm-hmm. also, yeah, who is worried about that? But Be- wait, where's the feedback coming from? Are, are people leaving games and going to Gil McLaughlin's office? No. I don't know. how <laughs> uh, you get to his I don't know.
3: Al Clarkson can. Yeah. And,
2: uh, <laughs> just put a yeah. bottle of wine under his arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and, and, and saying, you know, this looks really bad. I, I would come back
3: if maybe, you know, there was a bit more run or he, I just. I've only ever heard those critiques and this is a bit controversial from men.
1: <laughs> we'll edit that out to save your it's, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Classic Kate. <ya. laughs> Sa- oh, yeah. Said okay. Brody. Of course <laughs> she said that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and from people who hate it anyway, people who yeah. who would never watch yeah. People that who are
0: looking for something to exactly. be upset about. Yeah, yeah. I love AFLW
3: and that is not, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm a feminist. I'm not just saying yeah. that because <laughs> here we go. But that,
1: like for, obviously for the short amount of time it's been around, a lot of the games have been better than the AFLM games.
3: Well, like, I find that and I know that like, well, you know, when we say better, what do you mean? Like, you know, when when the AFL talks about better, they want it to be clean and sharp and free flowing mm. and better optics or whatever yeah. the hell they want to talk yeah. about. I love the passion of it. I love. Yeah. Get,
1: I love it getting like they're getting in there and scrappy yeah. and, and the, like, thing... the ferocity is still there. Oh yeah, and it's I, I love it. It's great
2: to watch. But do you think then maybe it's an industry thing because we've seen the AFL. M pulled apart this mm. year as well. You know, we're talking about rule changes being trialed in the middle of the year. Suddenly, there's too much congestion, 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 mm. congestion around. You know, I can't hear that word one more time. <laughs> I it's just, I'm uh, congested. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually
1: am a bit congested.
2: <laughs> but you know, so do you think that maybe it's an industry thing? It's it, it, and it's not just specific to AFLW. That this is uh, this is right across the board.
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting because I remember talking to one of the uh, players. I don't know whether it was a player manager or someone in the industry when I was, you know, having a bit of a whinge about how dare they attack AFLW and it's always the women aren't good enough and it's not free-flowing, it's not exciting, it's not, you know. And he he said to me, you know what, Steve Hawking, if he had his way, he would do this, exactly the same thing to the men's game and I sort of felt a bit sus about it because, of course, I was thinking about it as, as sexism. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then, you know, now, yeah, I mean, he was right. Have um, a look at it, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it is in some ways just the flavour of the current administration that they're really obsessed with this idea that somehow football needs saving from itself and you know i mean does do people buy into that too i don't know I'm, I, I
0: don't, don't know, know. It, it a lot of it feels like kind of it, it's it's like when you get like a weird product at like Woolworths and you're like, who asked for this? Yeah, And it's kind of people who have said.
2: I love your analogy so much. You know, but going. it's kind
0: of like people, <laughs> people who have sat in a boardroom who have said this is what the people want. They want it quick. They want it, it's got to be yellow and it's got to be like sugar-free. And, and then the, and then it gives you, and then you arrive with this thing and you're just kind of like, no, but there's no audience for this or there's no kind of, you didn't ask us and you didn't, mm. you know, yeah. nobody wanted this Things. Oh, I think it's a lot to do. Bananas with it. were good to begin with. <laughs> 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 All right, I get it now. That's we've got what make, we're talking about. We've got to make bananas faster, you know. <laughs> to ease <laughs> congestion. They're too congested. <laughs> I but thought you know, we could just have thing- my
1: lantern for that. It's a similar kind of thing because I feel like if anyone
0: if anyone who's in charge, like I, I do have this image in my head of just like men in suits in a boardroom who yeah. aren't of the people. But, yeah. you know, that might be a, oh. a wrong opinion. But, like, you know, if those people who are making these decisions went and sat Even in the bloody MCC, which is so buttoned (laughs) up most of the time, it's like you will see that no one's got an issue with the rules of the game. Mm.
2: No, But I think this is also, do you think it's increasingly about things like TV rights and people switching off? We had less people watching this year Mm. than ever before, but I think the actual attendance at games were up. So I don't know if I've got that wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's what i I think a lot of it
1: is trying to make it attractive for TV. Yes.
0: Yeah yeah but it's like just which is wild people watch tv when they can't be there at the game you know (laughs) yeah yeah i think also
2: like just if you could focus on making it cheaper for me to be the game and cheaper (laughs) for families to be the game i know that's the old go back to the your socialist (laughs) roots, sarah but i just would it'd be really nice if the focus became about making it more accessible Mm. to people less
1: corporate yeah and less Mm. corporate
2: and you know I don't want to go on about it, but like maybe don't give you know thirty percent of the grand final tickets away yeah. to corporate people and mm, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just think there's other things that people care about as fans of the game. I don't see people not you know not watching the game in droves because there's a bit of congestion.
3: No, I think people are more worried about just the blowouts or like the yeah. lack of competitiveness. I don't think it's yep. about the rules. I think you can have a scrap and as long as it's close and tough and. You know, you feel like both teams gave it everything, and even if you lose, you can go away happy that your mm. club. You well, know, just
1: look at this past that, weekend. That past weekend, where. Yeah what the first it was like few f- games were like three or four points
0: it was less than a goal in it in like six of the first eight games yeah. or something and then yeah, doggies yeah. came out with like what was it like a 60 point win yeah 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 so it's like the two extremes <laughs> that make for really good footy is either like super close finishes where yeah. you're like glued to the screen yeah or like fly away like champion At performances
3: your club wins yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all right, right and everything's wins. fine
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Um, as always, we would really love if you, you know, the classics, subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts, five stars. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Podcast at gmail.com is a way to get in touch with us if you need to. We'll put all this information in the show notes so you can access it really easily. But what we would really like you to do this week is to tell a footy friend about the show if you've been enjoying it. And based on our. Um,
1: even if you haven't, tell them because they might enjoy it.
0: Tell a friend you don't agree with because <laughs> uh, they might enjoy a show that you don't like. Yeah, they or might like
1: joy more than you.
0: Tell, tell a stranger.
2: Find yeah. a stranger. <laughs> that,
1: but no, stay track? safe. Don't no, talk to safe. strangers. Don't talk about another
2: suggestion. Or Half time at the footy, if you're in line at the toilets, generally if you're a woman, you're lining up. Or if you're lining up at the pot for a pie or a this. pint, turn around to the. Have person behind you and go, how are you doing? I'm just listening to this great podcast.
0: <laughs> you should listen to it too. It's called Talking Tigers. It's hosted by our, my friend Richo. <laughs> or no, the other one. <laughs> oh, also,
2: I have to say thank you, as always, to Wet Lips for the track that soundtracks our podcast.
1: And Steph Hughes, who drew our amazing logo. What a legend. Um, full credit to the girls. Full credit to the girls. Say hi to your dad for me.